Hello, it's Jared from Transform Your Teaching. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We have had an absolute blast putting it together for you. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. We have a survey that we'd like you to fill out for us to help us to improve because we want to serve you and hearing from you will help us improve the podcast to serve you better. Just follow the link in our description and in the show notes. It won't take you long to do and we really do value your feedback. So please fill it out for us. Thanks in advance and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to Transform Your Teaching here on the campus of Cedarville University. Glad you were able to join us for this episode. My name is Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Robert McDole. Hello, Robert. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you, or whenever it is that people are listening? Good morning. Good evening. Good, good night. night. Whichever. <laughs> doing you know, well. How are you? Whenever you're listening to it, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Although I did have a kidney stone last week, um, and I'm not sure if you I, still have it. I could still have a kidney stone. I'm not sure what happened. Um, we'll find out later this week. So. Is that TMI? Is it TMI? Is it too much? All right, good, because we're getting the, the no sign, so I think I'll just continue on with my conversation about how I ended up in the ER <laughs> and uh, was on medication. And they couldn't find, if you could see my arms, if this was a video podcast, you could see that I'm severely bruised up. It looks like I went to a tattoo parlor and I said, give me every type of bruise imaginable. So we are continuing our series on chat GPT. We're spending the summer exploring it giving you as much information as Rob and I have and all the research that we've done to help you make a decision on whether or not you want to integrate ChatGPT into your curriculum, into your courses when fall rolls around. This episode, we are going to talk about AI and the digital divide, and we're going to take it from the lens of basically the accessibility that students they may or may not have when it comes to artificial intelligence. So let's start with just kind of talking about, we've talked about accessibility before, but let's kind of define and introduce it before we go into the real nitty gritty of it. So accessibility is, I think, very simply in this part, can you actually get to it? Is it something that you can use or someone can use? Can everyone use it? I think we're going to spend a lot of time on that today. Yeah. Because, you know, there's some news that has just come out here recently as of last week. Before we recorded this, just getting access to it is a, is one of the aspects of accessibility. There's also the disability accessibility that we've talked about before as well where Correct. is it hitting those marks for ADA compliance? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yes, ChatGPT is an awesome tool, but if you're using a screen reader, you know, is our screen readers going to be able to pick up what ChatGPT is sending across? So that's something we'll talk about as well. But first, let's talk about what's called the digital divide. Uh, Rob, what is the digital divide? So the digital divide is probably those who have access and those who do not. So um, one of the 
precursors to this would be internet. Mm-hmm. So back in the day of dial-ups when the internet really was coming on the scene, most of the people that had access to the internet were colleges and universities who had been on the forefront, of which Cedarville was actually one of those. Um, most of your businesses didn't really have it in the same way. And if they did, it really cost a lot of money to be connected to it. Um, I can remember way back, this is early, this is 1999 when I was a network administrator at a, at Richland County Public Library in Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Richland County Public Library. We had nine. they're listening. Yeah, I doubt it. We had nine branches and one of them was like way out. And we had what was called an ISDN line at the time to it. I remember that term, yeah. And it cost a great deal of money, I think. I think it was something like fifty or sixty thousand dollars to have that line. So that we had connection into a, a location that you know, there there were no other connections to the internet. So you gotta pay for that connection. Now this is software, but the issue is still the same. It takes a lot of power a lot of computing power. So really the only people that can have access to these kinds of AI models right now are places like Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Apple, uh, anyone who has a very, very large cloud computing infrastructure because it takes a lot of hardware, you know, to, to make this thing run. Right, right. I think students also struggle with that and um based on where they live based on their economic status mm-hmm. um it's going to limit that access and i think we sometimes forget at least i do anyway because you know i live just outside of a city i live in a suburb so internet access for us and our family isn't necessarily an issue um but you kind of were reminded of the disparity that exists when it comes to access to technology when covid hit Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of remote learning. I grew up in, now since you're doing shout outs, I'll do a shout out as well to Gallia County, Ohio, down mm-hmm. down the river. Um, my um, stepmom, she teaches at a rural school and, you know, the expectation was um, that students were to go home and access their stuff online. Well, a lot of these students didn't, either they didn't have internet or it was rural internet, which was nothing, basically. Yeah. Basically dial-up. Basically dial-up. Yeah. So they couldn't do that, so she would have to deliver packets to them, or they would have a central hub, like I think it was the county library, Yeah. where they would go in and do it that way. So this digital divide still very much exists. It does. And it's something that we need to consider as we create assignments and have these expectations for students. Well, and it's not just in in Gallia County, Ohio. It's, It's here in... You know, Clark County. Yeah. It's here in Greene County. We we do have those those things where students don't have access to that. Yeah. I think most pertinent to this conversation, though, is the fact that Microsoft just last week came out, or at least it came out by those who were involved in their early adoption program, their and, beta program with, with Copilot, which is ChatGPT4, you know, basically attached to... um. Microsoft data sources, so Word, you know, Excel, all their other Outlook, all their other apps that they've got. 
Right. And by <laughs> last week, just so we're aware, last week is end of May as we're recording this. Correct. So, so this is end of May. And, um, you know, just for, just for comparison's sake, they are charging around a hundred thousand dollars for a thousand users to these beta companies that are, that are, that's, that's a, that's an awful lot of money. That's some cheddar for sure. And that's just for Copilot though. Wow. That's, that doesn't, that's in addition to whatever they're paying for uh, their Microsoft servers and access to Word and Excel and all those big pieces. That's called like the enterprise, you know. Sure. Pricing. Yeah. Anyway, it's almost double what some of these companies are already paying. And the user number is much lower than probably what they already have. So the cost is pretty extreme. What does that mean for the rest of us? Well, that means probably, uh, you know, until it gets cheaper, that most companies and institutions, of which, you know, Cedarville and others, will find it cost prohibitive to really jump into it and then, you know, do it whole hog. In other words, do it across the the institution. So that's a concern. You know, cost is definitely a concern. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as, you know, usually price goes down once something disperses enough or there's enough of a, they have enough of a share that then it starts to reduce in price. So this may be something where we may not see um, a lot of this inside of um, the Microsoft products. Although I, do, I will say that in my, speaking of AI showing up randomly, my email client, which is Spark, just released an AI version of itself. You have to pay for it each month, but it now will let you, it'll draft email responses mm. for you as well. So I haven't paid for that. What are they charging? I think it's like $15 a month or something like that. Wow. For it. That's that's not cheap. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's why I haven't done it. Yeah. Plus, I don't trust. Could you imagine me sending you an email back that was just generated? We used to, back in the day, when I started here like five years ago, we used to go back and forth with those Google automatic responses. Yeah. And the ones are like, sounds good. And then, okay. Right. And we go back and forth to see how insane it would go. Yes, I, wonder how, I do recall. <laughs> I wonder if we could do that with uh I with don't think AI it would be insane. I think it would like actually carry on a conversation. You're like, yeah, I would I would say that. What in the world? Yeah. So anyway, so <clears> that <throat> is, you know, it's talking about accessibility in that way, but let's talk about how devices that students have mm-hmm. could also affect right. because there are certain devices that will use chat GPT well and others that that well, won't. I know yeah. that ChatGPT has an app. Um, I have not explored using the app yet. Um, Are you talking about the iOS app? Yeah, the iOS app. Yeah, I've got that. It it works pretty well. Does it? Yeah. I. You don't get access to your to your full fledged Plus account. You know, like you don't get the beta features and all those other kinds of things. Okay. But, um, and just for those listening, uh, Jared and I both do have. Chat GPT four, right. So we are plus accounts with OpenAI chat chat dot OpenAI dot com. Uh, there is another way of accessing Chat GPT through what they call the API, where you can pay for 
you just pay by tokens. So basically, you you have a certain number of tokens that you pay for, and you know every time you access it, that just chips away at your token total, or you pay, you know, you pay for more. So uh, some think it's I would say it's probably a little bit cheaper, but not by not by a um, a large amount. And we pay. I think current plus prices are 20 bucks a month. So, you know, when you do the math there, you're looking at what? 240 bucks? Yeah. In a year? Yeah. For chat GPT access? Right. And the question is, has it saved us that kind of time? Well, it's definitely it's definitely um saved us quite a bit of time in certain areas, I think. We've been able to do a lot more brainstorming, a lot more research, a lot more uh, thinking through issues that we're dealing with and and, um, simulations. But money still seems to be an issue as well as access to good hardware to run it. Oh, yeah. So if you've got a, right now, you can't do all the beta stuff with your mobile phone, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you may have the app, but if you're not just running it through the browser... You're not going to have the same experience. I would hate to see how Chromebooks. Do you think they would do okay with it? Uh, yeah, I I, it, I haven't tried it. I can go home and mess with my kids' Chromebook and see what happens. But I, yeah, I don't think it should have any issue because it honestly, a, runs on a web browser. Yeah, so yeah. all the all the power and everything's being run on the servers. Right. So I would say it's fine. I think <clears> it, it comes back again to reliable internet. Um, Correct. For the, regardless of what device you're using, but also along with the device accessibility as well we talk about how and this could be a whole another topic on accessibility is that the different versions of chat gpt mm-hmm. that exist you know the phone like you said it may not have access to the beta versions or even 4.0 um in the free version of um chat gpt 3.5 is vastly different in certain areas yes. than 4.0 yeah. we had that experience as i've been trying to uh, integrate chat gpt into my course i had you go through and do mm-hmm. some sample assignments with 3.5 yeah and why don't you share the results well, of that? that was that was it was interesting it was really fast the 3.5 was really fast in giving me um oh, i should say what the answers. assignment was the assignment i gave rob was to have um chat gpt generate sources that he could use for an editorial assignment mm-hmm. based on a certain topic. Right. So the editorial assignment is the student has to find a persuasive piece or an argumentative piece and find logical fallacies in it. Right. And the first step is finding a piece. So that was that was what I was having him use ChatGPT for. So, you know, I did the topic. I found the topic through ChatGPT. Um, and then I had it search for that topic and I said give me give me legitimate MLA formatted MLA formatted bibliography of research or you know scholarly articles that deal with this topic and it came back and it's it gave you 10 mm-hmm. and so I'm looking at these journals a journal of education journal of you know culture it's it's listing them in perfect MLA format, but it made every single one of those things up. That's insane. I I <clears throat> fact checked it. <clears throat> every single, um, 
you know, entry was false, did not exist. I mean, it even gave page numbers, you know. So I did find some of them were actual titles of journals, um, but the authors did not exist, nor did the, nor did the page numbers or, or the article. And, and I had that too. I tried it with an assignment um, where I had it generate, this is with 3.5, not with 4, um, with 3.5 where I did the same thing and I went and fact-checked it. But I found that like some of the journals would be accurate, some would be fake. Some of the authors would be accurate. Some of them were fake. Mm-hmm. And so I clapped back, to use a term by uh, the kids back in the day. And uh, I said, these are fake. And it said something like, my apologies. But I created, basically it was saying, I created fake account or fake sources to help answer your question more accurately. And so I said, so you falsified this information. And it said, basically, yes. I created this for you to do it was basically yes I created these fake sources to accurately answer your question which is not accurately answering my question at all it's <laughs> like saying two plus two is five and saying well I, I picked a number I gave you an answer to your I question. gave you an answer and it was in numerical form right why are you upset about it I told you what two plus two was yeah it's five, it's five. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that is going to come up as you create. the And this is and so the, the purpose of these assignments that I'm having students do is for them to realize that they can't trust ChatGPT as much as they think they can. Right. They're going to have to go back and critically evaluate that stuff. But again, it's the accessibility issue. Some students may find through 4.0 that it works great, but some might find that through 3.5 it's not nearly as accurate well and that's i think that's the problem is that faculty will also run into that issue so yep. just think of what you've run through trying to do that do that assignment that you're running this summer in your course um great great idea the problem is 3.5 is like you said a different you know it's a different animal than 4.0 4.0 if we'd asked it those questions it would have given me legitimate entries. Yeah. Every time I've used and asked for scholarly articles from 4.0, I've gotten real stuff. It's been legitimate. I don't think there's been one yet because I go and I check. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there hasn't been one yet that hasn't been accurate. So, I mean... <clears throat> You know, stating all that, that's kind of a divide as well, because from version to version, it becomes an accessibility issue. It's like, okay, yeah. well, which one are you using? Because if you say to someone, I'm using ChatGPT, now, even now, we have that conversation of, well, what do you mean? Right. Which one are you talking about? Because I've had professors say, oh, it doesn't tell you this, and it doesn't tell you that. It's not accurate. And I said, have you tried 4.0? Mm-hmm. That might change what you're saying. And when they do, they're like, this is crazy, right? It's that much different. Right. The problem is, I don't think, like I said earlier, I don't think from the gate that everybody's going to have access to it. And here's the problem. If the playing field's not level, those who get on this one early are going to be significantly ahead. I'm not just talking one lap ahead. 
I'm talking multiple laps ahead. Miles ahead. Miles ahead. Yeah. And by the time everybody, you know, figures it out, even if they, whether they do or not, it, it'll be a day late and a dollar short. What's interesting is that, you know, I just got notification, Jim Leitenheimer, who helps produce our podcast, and we're so thankful for him, just messaged us that said that iHeartRadio has banned it, banned ChatGPT from all company computers. So. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. That doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, there are other companies who have kind of banned ChatGPT4 as well for yeah. that for that reason. But I think it's probably in some in some instances an over evaluation of one's data. <laughs> like, yeah, like what does I, you know, the creativity of iHeartRadio? I'm not trying to belittle or anything, but they're listening right now. Yeah, yeah. I doubt it. Uh, maybe they got an AI bot that's listening. To- <laughs> Could be. They developed their own. It's AI Heart. AI Heart Radio. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, it really doesn't need their data. I mean, honestly, and even if they do have our data, it's not as accessible as everybody thinks. Like, could could somebody ask a question about iHeart Radio and say, well, how do they do their, you know, can you tell me how they do their programming? choices or whatever yeah how do they evaluate new artists or what what not those things aren't necessarily hard to figure out just based on iHeart's radio's decisions that they've made already that information is already out there. that's true yeah maybe they're concerned about the new information because you talk about that cutoff over and over again mm. about chat gpt maybe something has changed <laughs> what, what that cutoff is what 2021 yeah, but if you've got 4.0, you've now got access through the internet. I mean, the beta that that we have will actually you can you can turn that on and it will go out to the internet and it will search and it will find all that information. That's true. And it can it can do the work. Yeah. So if you've already got it out there, you know, it can trace it can trace the line, you know, right. uh, of decisions that have been made. But it does bring up a good conversation though in that not only is there price imposed divide, there's socioeconomic divide. There's uh, beyond that, there's the self regulation or the self opting out of. Like, mm-hmm. no, we're not even going to do it. Right. We're gonna we're gonna tell all our people this is a this is a no go. Yeah. You will not. You will not have this on our computers. Uh, here at the radio station or at some other business. I, maybe they're thinking the same thing here at Cedarville. I haven't heard anything like that. Yeah, I know that certain school districts are, are, are already saying no chat GPT. No chat GPT. Yeah. There's also, and we don't have much time, but there's also the divide of just the experience using chat GPT. Because as we've in our, in our offices gone back and forth about it, you know, I'll generate something, but then you have a better understanding of how it works. So you'll generate a prompt that's much more accurate and get better information yeah. than I will. So yeah. it also depends on how much you've actually used it. Right. So. It it amplifies, this is the best way I can say it. It, it it's an amplification for all the good, and it's an amplification for all the bad. Mm. And um, whatever you bring to the table is what it's going to multiply. And yeah. I think that's maybe the best way of saying it. So if you know different sources already, 
and you're aware of, say, different theories and different um, approaches, then you're going to have a lot more to bring to the table and, and have it synthesize those things than if you don't. Right. So, yes, there is a divide there, too. I, th- I think the, the, the grand takeaway here is just to be aware of um, using chat GPT, mm-hmm. being aware of the divides that exist. We've talked about a ton of different divides that show up as you use or as you bring in chat GPT. Um, I think it's also important to set that policy first of how you're using chat GPT. And this is where you can, like, I, in, I generated a contract of sorts for using chat GPT while using chat GPT in the process. Yeah. So you can, this is where you can say, Hey, help me generate a, you know, policy for using chat GPT in my course. And it will give you something that's pretty good. And that, and that takes us to what we're going to talk about in our next show. Wow. This is a fantastic segue, which is, you know, AI and AI. (laughs) You might want to explain that. In artificial intelligence and oh, I know that one. Academic integrity. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and academic integrity in our next episode. So, if you're looking for ways of catching your students cheating, <laughs> here's your way of finding out. No, I don't think that's what we want to go with. It probably shouldn't. If but you any- want to hear a conversation about, uh, you know academic integrity and the use of AI. Join us next time. Yeah, that's a much better way of saying it. If you want to play the gotcha game with your students, make sure you... No, never mind. <laughs> I, I keep going that way. So that's what we'll talk about next time on the podcast. Make sure you join us as we talk about how chat GPT could be an issue or could not be an issue with academic integrity. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.